Welcome back to the Air It Out podcast. I am your host, per usual, Lucas Shu. Today we're going to dive into some positional group talk. So we're going to talk about uh, ranking some of the best offensive units in the NFL. So best quarterbacks, best backfield, best tight end group, best wide receiving group, and best offensive line group. We're going to do this next week as well, but we're going to talk about defensive groups instead. But for now, we're going to talk about offenses. We're just going to dive right into it right away with the quarterbacks and to be the easiest one to decide who's the best quarterback. And it's Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. There really wasn't another person I could think of on here besides Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson's, again, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but he just has the unfortunate luck of playing the same era as a Patrick Mahomes type of player. Mahomes is just another level type of player. He makes plays that shouldn't be able to happen. He makes throws that shouldn't be able to happen. He makes throws that, like, only a 99 overall Madden creative player are able to make. He It reminds me of Aaron Rodgers when he first took over. Not Aaron Rodgers when he first entered the league because Rodgers is a different situation than Mahomes where he sat behind Favre for a while and his first season wasn't this incredible season like Mahomes was. But it was still similar to the fact when Rodgers broke out, it was like, how do we stop this guy? It was, okay, we can try to contain him, but if we contain him, he's still going to pick us apart over the middle of the field, down the field, uh, underneath. And then we would try to pass, or try to get after him, and we just pin our, have our defensive line pin their ears back and just run at him and try to get after him as much as they can. Then he's going to get scramble to the outside, and either A, create with his feet and pick up a first down with his legs or get solid yardage with his legs. B, uh, pick us apart from the middle field by making some great pass over the middle field or hit a guy crossing in front of him and just hit him in perfect stride. Or C, make it a uh, cross-body throw that shouldn't be able to be made, but somehow he makes like a 20-yard pass. Obviously, those plays are hard to make and uh, aren't the best decisions all the time, but he somehow makes them work. He made, Rogers made plays that it was inhuman that you were, you're thinking of, well, how do we stop this man? And Mahomes, to me, is similar to Rogers in that way, in that they make he makes plays that shouldn't happen. I mean, there's obviously there, you can go look at the plays where he's, there's no luck plays, where he throws it behind his back and hits the guy perfectly. Um, there's a little uh, a highlight of Mahomes or training Mahomes where he drives back like five yards like in this gym and throws a perfect <laughs> behind-the-back pass to somebody. And you're like, what, how is this happening? And you go, Mahomes... My favorite thing about Mahomes is his incredible arm angles. It's not his incredible deep ball accuracy. It's not his cannon for an arm. It's not his creativity. It's just his... Or his creativity outside the pocket. It's his arm angles. I think it comes from his baseball background. I'm not sure where he played baseball. I think it was shortstop, if I remember correctly. But I think the baseball background helps out a lot, especially with his dad being a former player, too. Because when you play baseball, you're not just releasing from one just stationary stance a lot of times. You're releasing from uh, different angles, especially if you play like a shortstop or an infield position where... You're attacking the ball, you're running up on it, you have to make a play with your arms is really low to the ground, or you have to make a play with a sidearm throw almost, or you have to go across your body and make a throw, and it creates these different arm angles you have to be, excel at in order to be a quality baseball player. 
And I think the fact that Mahomes played baseball and the fact that Mahomes' dad played baseball really helped him out in that category. You can see it translate to the NFL. I mean, he makes plays. Reading like the, the defense, you think, oh, there's no window there. There's no opening there for him to throw a ball. It's just it's covered really tightly and really well. But he somehow contorts his arm and creates this great arm angle where it's like, oh, he actually made it to fit through there because it is incredible, incredible accuracy and incredible work with his arm. I mean, he fits it through places that shouldn't be able to be fit through. Or if it's like through a defensive line, if it's between two linebackers or the middle of the field. It just makes these great plays because he's able to create different angles with his arm and able to uh, take advantage of the defenses and where they are and all this stuff. And it makes being a defender and uh, being a defensive coordinator being a D-back a nightmare. Especially for defensive linemen and linebackers. You have to play all those angles. And if you're slightly out of angle, even if you're slightly out of, if you're just like slightly like a, off your man, or if you're even perfectly in place, you could be a linebacker covering a guy perfectly. You could be uh, containing Mahomes perfectly, but he'll somehow fit a ball through uh, a hole that shouldn't have a possibility. He's just that level of a QB that it's impossible to stop him. Next up we're talking about is uh, running backs and backfields. Initially, I couldn't think of one to... Uh, Put in here, Isaac, the 49ers, who just dominated running the ball last year. But I think a lot of that was their offensive line play. You get the Ravens, who dominated the running, but that's Lamar Jackson. And their two, new, their two running backs right now are probably going to be uh, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State. Maybe Gus Edwards, maybe, if he still, even still plays there, honestly. But as I was looking through the rosters, I remembered the Cleveland Browns have Nick Chubb, who I think is one of the best, if maybe the best running back in the NFL currently. And they also have Kareem Hunt. Now, no matter what you think of Kareem Hunt, uh, I'm not saying he's a great guy. <laughs> I mean, the dude's gotten in trouble for all these things off the field. We're not talking about that. We're talking about who is the, who has the best unit. If you're asking me, I'm going to take Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb every day of the week. When I remember they had the, I'm like, oh, duh. I mean, Let's talk about Nick Chubb for a second. Actually, you know what? Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb, I, mean, I won't talk about him too, but I'm going to talk about Kareem Hunt first. Obviously, he had that trouble off the field issues, and there's no excuse in that. But we're talking about just purely on the field. Kareem Hunt is a really good player. I mean, he has that ability where he can just knock you on your butt, shake off defenders, uh, use a stiff arm, and just makes it really, really, really hard to tackle him. He's not a guy where he's going to burn you down the sideline or get a toss play and just take off and you aren't be able to touch him. It's not like a Shady McCoy where he's like gonna uh, get a handoff, make a cut, and he's gone. He's not gonna shake you out of your shoes that way. He's gonna make you make it hard for you to tackle him. He does have some a little maneuverability, not great maneuverability, but he's gonna make it really hard to tackle him. He's really low to the ground, really dense. He makes a defender's job, a linebacker job, a defensive lineman job, anybody trying to tackle him job, a nightmare. A nightmare. Then you look at the actual starting running back for the Cleveland Browns in Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is similar to Kareem Hunt in the fact that he makes it hard for guys to tackle him. But he's different from Kareem Hunt, excuse me, Kareem Hunt in the fact that he can make something out of it. And just looking at uh, playerprofiler.com, I use them a lot. I think they're a great site. He's a lot of my writing. Uh, just looking at some of his stats and... Kareem Hunt has the most breakaway runs, which they list as uh, 
uh, 15 yards or more on a run. And he has the second most evaded tackles. This is of running backs. At 96, so 6.0 per game. And you can say, okay, uh, he's had a great running uh, blocking unit with all those great runs, because all those uh, deep runs. And while I would agree with you, I think Nick Chubb is the one guy as of now, as of now, who is like, okay, what in the world? This guy's able to make, this guy's able to create more than I think any running back can. And he has a 20th run blocking efficiency, according to playerprofile.com as well. Now, inherently, running backs are always subject to scrutiny. Because they're a not valuable position, and two, they're not. Their performance is based more around who's around them. If they have a good QB, if they have good uh, receivers around them, if they have a good offensive line around them, that's more indicative of their production. That's going to improve their production more. And I'm always the one who I will always say, yeah, that's true. And I'm still going to always say that. But I think if you're going to ask me, what's the one guy I want to take? Who's the one guy? independent of offensive line play if you give me an average offensive line and you say take a running back who do you want running behind this offensive line just an average one run of the middle offensive line uh what's the run running back you think can make the best of this situation i'd take i take that cream excuse me i take nick chubb nick chubb by far i think he has the best ability to create just explosive plays with his speed and breakaway ability but if a mess happens and which will always happen in nfl and offensive line play something bad's going to happen no matter what or if there's a one an opportunity, I want Nick Chubb because he has the ability to create on his own. He's just that impressive of a running back to me. I mean, it's it, it's it's very impressive, and I'm a very anti running back kind of guy. I think they're not very valuable in general. But when you have a guy of his caliber, if you're gonna take an average offensive line, say take a running back and put him behind here, I'm going to take Nick Chubb. Because he can break tackles, and he can separate quickly. Uh, next up, we're going to be talking about who has the best tight ends in the NFL. And as I'm looking through this, I'm thinking, okay, you got the Buccaneers, who have uh, Gronk coming back, and they're going to have O.J. Howard, and they're going to have uh, Cam Brady, who's okay. But I'm like, oh, O.J. Howard hasn't really shown me a lot. And Cam Brakes, Cam Brate is just, eh, to me. And then you got uh, all these teams. But then the one team I decided on, who I think doesn't get talked about enough, is the Eagles and Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. The Eagles may have two top 15 tight ends in the NFL. I think Zach Goddard is or Dallas Goddard. I mixed up Zach and Dallas. I think they may have maybe two of the top tier tight ends in the NFL. They are that good. I believe Dallas Goddard is that good. I believe Zach Ertz is definitely that good. Zach Ertz is top three top three tight end in the NFL for sure. Meanwhile, Dallas Goddard also a really good uh, tight end. Doesn't get talked about enough. But when Ertz went out uh, a season ago, Dallas Goddard picked it up and went, like, I, I got this. And he played great for them. But he doesn't get talked about it at all because he's behind one of the best tight ends in the NFL and Zach Ertz, who was some of the best hands in the NFL. I mean, 
Dallas Goddard's really good. But because Zach Goddard's quick. He only had nine drops last year. Um, the dude's just a freak of nature. A freak of nature. In 2019, it was his best season. But in 2018, I mean, the dude was a freak. The most receptions, uh, third most receiving yards by tight ends, an incredible amount of area. I mean, the dude's just a monster. 16 red zone receptions in 2018, this was. Uh, eight touchdowns. The dude was a freak of nature at tight end. You could throw it to him, and you're pretty much guaranteeing a catch because he's just that good. The The Eagles have, on paper, a year ago, have one of the best rosters in the NFL. I mean, you had Deshaun Jackson coming back. You, you had two great tight ends in Ertz and Goddard. You had a really good offensive line with uh, Jason Kelsey, Jason Peters, uh, Lane Johnson, Brandon Cooks, all these guys who are just monstrous offensive linemen. And you got some uh, quality defensive players and Malcolm Jenkins and all these guys. But everything just fell apart for them. I mean, they had everything. And Zach Ertz, has, I mean, it, it sucks for... And they had Carson Wentz, too. I forgot about that. I mean, it sucks for these guys. They're just, they have two great tight ends. And they're the monsters. They really need to be talking about more. Next up, we're going to be talking about wide receivers. And this one, I think, was one of the harder ones to decide on. I mean, you got the Buffalo Bills with the likes of uh, Stephon Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley. All good guys. Cole Beasley, great slot guy. Stephon Diggs, great taking the middle of the field. Uh, John Brown, great taking deep down the field. Then you got guys like the New Orleans Saints, or teams like the New Orleans Saints, who had Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. You got uh, the Chiefs with Tyreek Hill, Amico Hardman, Sammy Watkins. The Bucks, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Uh, the Lions have a nice player in Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. The Chargers had Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I mean, all these guys. Panthers are a little underrated one with uh, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, who are nice. Browns, I mean,. Everybody loved the Browns. I don't know if they're going anymore. They had Odell and Jarvis Landry who were great. Broncos are on the rise. Of Court and Sutton, Jerry Judy. They had a KJ Hamler there. I mean, it was a really hard one to decide between. There's so many good units out there. But the one unit that I decided on that I thought was the best, and I'm willing to hear arguments for the for why they're not, because I believe that there are definitely a thousand arguments why uh, the Chiefs are better, or the Bills are better, or the Saints are better, or the Buccaneers are better. I'm definitely willing to hear I'm not going to say it's wrong, because this one probably was the hardest to me. I chose the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys are the best one. You got Michael Gallup, who probably the second best receiver in his class. I mean, that 2018 class is good. They got DJ, uh, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, him. They got quality receivers there. I think he's the second best one right now behind, maybe second, maybe third best, behind Sutton and or... Uh, DJ Moore. Then you got Amari Cooper. And Amari Cooper changed Dak Prescott, it seemed like. I mean, you Dak didn't have anybody to throw to before Amari Cooper. He had an older Des Bryant who was on his way out soon. He had uh, Cole Beasley who was okay. He didn't really have anybody. But then you give him Amari Cooper... And Mark Cooper is hitting devil moves on guy. He's winning on the outside. He's winning. He's great release. He's winning everywhere you put him. And like, it changed Dak. 
it changed that guy literally overnight. You gave him a really good open to work with, an actual quality receiver to work with, and it did wonders for him. It did wonders for him. It, it made his life a million times easier. A million times easier. And then you got C.D. Lamb entering the building too. Amari Cooper and Michael Gap were already a nice pairing and receiver. I mean, Amari Cooper is obviously the better one of the two. Amari Cooper is a top-tier receiver, a top-ten receiver in the NFL to me probably right now. I mean, you could have your argument he's not top ten, but he's definitely near there. The dude's a monster. And you have Michael Gallup, who's on the rise, too, who's a younger guy and who can uh, turn to an like a actual really quality receiver in the NFL in a couple years. So you already have two guys who are like, that's a good receiving group. You really didn't need to draft another guy. But somehow, as this draft was uh, coming together and as its recent draft was falling, falling, the Raiders got Henry Ruggs, the Broncos got Jerry Judy, it's coming down, and it's coming down. Like, okay, who's gonna take C.D. Lamb? Who's gonna take the, the There's a three guys at the top. All three guys at the top that almost every draft analyst loved, including me. Uh, three guys were like, uh, were in any order because I don't know, like three. I know some people who had them in different orders. I mean, it's hard to say which is right until like their career ends. But three guys were Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, and C.D. Lamb. Those were the three guys that. Every draft analyst board. The three top three receivers on board. Pretty much every draft analyst had. Some guys maybe had like them. Some guy one and the guy went down. Usually not. But pretty much everybody I saw. It was your Jerry Judy at number one. Uh, CeeDee Lamb at number one. Henry Ruggs number one. And, and like, those two after that. That's all it was. So Henry Ruggs gone. Jerry Judy gone. So who's going to take CeeDee Lamb? And I don't think anybody, a lot of people thought about the Cowboys. I don't think anybody thought, okay, Dallas is probably going to take him. People thought Dallas would probably take a corner. They just lost Byron Jones to the uh, Miami Dolphins, and I thought Trayvon Diggs would be a nice pick up there. Nice physical long corner from the ad who needs a little bit of work, little bit of work but he would be nice. He would have been a nice addition to this Dallas Cowboys secondary. They don't have anybody there right now. They have Ha Clinton Dix. He was not that good. I mean, they don't have a, it's a mess back there so far. They managed to get Trayvon Diggs later on in the draft. So as we, I thought maybe a D back for sure, D back. Maybe a Grant Delpit would be nice to add back there, the free safety. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, like I said, but somehow, whoever was in the Cowboys front office calling the shots for draft night, I'm assuming Jerry Jones, but whoever convinced him if he loved him, whoever did it. They picked C.D. Lamb, and wow, was that a really good pick. And I'll always hammer offense. Always build around your offense. Always build your offense. Always help your QB out. Especially young QB like Dak Prescott. Dak's like 27 right now. He's still young in the NFL terms. But always build around your QB. Give him more weapons. If you have two good receivers, get him another one. Spread the ball out even more. Make de- make defense even harder on your opponents. It's exactly what the Cowboys did. And I gotta applaud him for that. Great move to add a player of C.D. Lamb's caliber. I mean, that's how you build an offense. They just paid Amari Cooper a lot of money. Deservedly so. They also just paid Ezekiel Elliott a lot of money. Not deservingly so. So at least the Cowboys were able to build that offense even more. I really didn't like the Ezekiel Elliott signing this offseason. Or whenever it was, even off season ago, last year. 
But adding a player like CeeDee Lamb is going to help mitigate that running back signing they did. I mean, um, Ezekiel Elliott really, really hamstrung them a lot. It doesn't a ton because it wasn't this massive contract, but it's still going to hamstring him a lot because he's a running back. You're paying him a healthy amount of money, a lot of money, and you're going to use it on our positions. So you're going to build through the draft a lot, and you're going to get lucky in the draft because you're, it's hard to be good at the draft. It's a little bit of a luck, a little bit of luck going into the draft. You can say, oh, I know this guy's going to be great. I know this guy's going to be good. Uh, this guy's a guaranteed shot. Oh, this guy's a guaranteed to be a starter. Yada, yada, yada. You can tell all the tropes you want. And you, every draft analyst does it. Every GM does it. Every scout does it. Everybody does it. Every writer does it. Everybody does it. But you're never 100% right. Everybody says they're, they're going to be right every time. Every draft season comes up. Every, uh, the big draft analyst, uh, big writers, everybody says this. They say, this guy's going to be the guy. This guy's going to be the next uh, really good corner or whatever. Whatever position they're talking about. Just sometimes it just doesn't happen. I remember Vernon Golston, when everybody loved talking about Vernon Golston, he, how he was the next great uh, defensive end. He never turned into anything. I remember people were talking about, uh, oh, I can't think of his name, the corner, cornerback, Vernon Hargraves. People hyped him up a lot. He never turned to be anything. There's so many guys where everybody says, this guy's going to be the next great one. But it's so hard to predict it. It's so, 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 so hard. So hard. I mean, people are going to be talking about Chase Young like he's going to great one. I think he's going to be one of the better edge players entering the NFL. I guarantee you. But there's always a possibility he's not going to be. There's always that chance that he might bust for his own reasons, for off-the-field issues, for injury issues, all kinds of issues. There's always that possibility of this happening. Always. You will always say, I know this guy. You don't. I sell time. I'm just as guilty of it. It's so hard to predict success and translation from college to the NFL. Because you don't know these guys personally. Only the coaches do. And only the players can determine their success. And sometimes you get put in a bad situation. Sometimes you're in a team that's not well for you. Sometimes you're in a city that's at you bad for you. There's all these minor situations you never know about. So for the Cowboys to do this with Ezekiel Elliott, they're going to have to really hammer the draft. They're going to have to take the guys who are really good. And I think C.D. Lance can be that guy. I think C.D. Lance can be able to succeed in the NFL. I think this whole draft they had with uh, Tyler Biotish, uh the cornerback that to go from Bama, C.D. Lamb, all these guys, I think that's going to really help them out a lot. I'm not guaranteeing, oh, the Cowboys are the next great team, C.D. Lamb's going to be the next great all-time receiver, C.D. Lamb's going to go on to win, uh, go, go on uh, get a bunch of Pro Bowls, get a bunch of All-Pro teams. I'm not going to say that because it's a bit of a statement. But what, what I'm going to say is that this is smart how they're building. They added receivers because of a very valuable position in the NFL. They're giving their young QB weapons, which is very smart. That's how you build. I think what they did is really smart, and I think CeeDee Lamb is going to step in and be a quality receiver. And they already have two quality receivers in Michael Gallup, and they have a really good one in uh, Amari Cooper. I think what the Cowboys are doing right now is really, really smart, not only from a building of a team-wise, but just drafting-wise. Next up on the list, we're talking about the last position group. We did receivers, Dallas Cowboys, tight ends at Eagles, running backs, Browns, and QB Chiefs. We're going to talk about the offensive line. So we're not going to talk about, like, interior offensive line. We're not going to talk about offensive tackles. We're going to talk about the offensive line as a whole, the unit as a whole. 
the funny thing about this to me is, so the team I chose, actually, you know, we're going to talk about the teams who I almost chose. I mean, the Steelers, the Saints, who have one of my favorite right tackles in the NFL. I, I mean, I love your tackles. But Ryan Ramchek, I love him. Cowboys, still really good. Somehow I got Zach Martin. Uh, Tyron Smith is still, I'm going to say really good. He's not what he used to be at the top tier. Like, you can't even get past this man level, but he's still really good. Packers, I still think, have a really good unit. They still got Bakhtiari, who's probably the best left tackle in the NFL. One of the best. Uh, Rick Wagner's coming in to replace Balaga. I'm not huge on that, but he's okay. Algun Jenkins took a, this is a really nice rookie guard and who can take a step forward this year. Corey Lindsley's a, a quality center. You know, all these guys. Ravens, Ronnie Stanley is solid. Ronald Brown, another solid guy. And when I chose this team, it was, obviously there's stars on teams. There's going to be stars in every team position-wise, and it can make a difference. Having a star QB makes a huge difference. Having a star receiver makes a huge difference. Having a star uh, whatever makes a huge difference. A star edge player makes a huge difference. A star corner makes a huge difference. But offensive line, to me, when I look at them, I want... If you can deliver on me and give me, like, five just good players, <laughs> I'm going to be really, 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 really happy about that. But if you give me a star, like, left tackle, and then the rest of the line is just crap, I'm going to take the, all the all the five good offensive linemen rather than the one star and the crap. Which is why I chose the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the Indianapolis Colts are the team that are like, they're not the just good, 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 good team. They're not just five good players on the team. They're not just five guys who are just solid. This team which was, ironically, one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL for a while and ruined their future franchise QB and Andrew Luck because he just kept getting hit and hit and hit and hit. They managed to actually build a really, really, really good offensive line in Indianapolis. You have the likes of Anthony Costanzo at left tackle, Quinn Nelson at left guard, Ryan Kelly at center, Mark Glowinski at right guard, and Braden Smith right tackle. Costanzo, the good left tackle. Ryan Kelly, a good center. Mark Glowinski, an okay right guard. Okay, I'm not going to say he's terrible, I'm not going to say he's good, I think he's borderline, I think he's okay. Braden Smith, good, again. So you already have three guys who are good. Which, to me, is what I would love to have an offensive line. I don't mind if I don't have a star as long as I have like a, a handful of these good players. But then you toss in Quentin Nelson, who is one of not only the best offensive linemen in the NFL, but one of the best NFL players right now. I mean, he probably is my second best guard in the NFL, second best interior offensive lineman in the NFL. I mean, it's, it's hard between like a Zach Martin, uh, a a Quentin Nelson, obviously, and uh, Brandon Brooks. Now, Brooks is out for the season, sadly, because of a, I believe, a torn Achilles. He's hurt ankle for sure. And that, honestly, is terrible for him. I think last year he had an incredible year, and he's one of the best guards in the NFL currently. But, to talk about Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson is just a freak of nature in the offensive line. He's not one of these guys who is only a freak athlete and only just a big, strong dude. 
but no technique to him, no balance, no strength. I mean, not strength, no balance, no like technique to his game, no understanding of the game. But he's also not one of these guys who it's like he's only the technique sound guy, but he's not athletic at all. He is like a mix of both. He is a brute strength, gonna knock you on your butt kind of guy, but he's also extremely technically sound. Quentin Nelson is just a monstrous offensive lineman. He makes a nightmare for any interior defensive lineman. A nightmare. He's so good, he's so athletic, so quick, so strong, so balanced. It's it's impossible to get by him. I mean, the dude is a monster. I mean, you get him out pulling, oh my goodness, good luck. He will size up a linebacker coming down a hole or size up a defense lineman and just knock him on his butt. He is just so freaky. It's impossible to stop the guy. And when you get an offensive line like the Colts have, where it's three good guys in Castano, Castanzo, uh, Ryan Kelly, and Brayden Smith, and then you throw in a superstar player like Quentin Nelson, where he's one of the best in the, offensive, in the NFL, one of the best players in the NFL, not just one of the best uh, offensive linemen, it's a nightmare for defender, defenders. Nightmare for defensive linemen. Because you're dealing with three good guys and a, a megastar. The offensive line the Colts have built is one of the best in the NFL. The only other one I can think that could compete with it right now, the Saints are really good, and Teron Armstead, Ryan Ramchick, uh, Larry Burford was good when he was there, but Cesar Ruiz, they added, who was probably, he's going to take a little bit, but Eric McCoy's there, I mean, they got a really good one, but the Colts built a really good line, they got three good guys, not just okay, good guys, in Costanzo, Kelly, and Smith. And then they have their elite level superstar in Nelson. I mean, the kudos to the Colts. They built that offensive line amazingly. Great drafting. I just wish for them it came when they still had Andrew Luck, honestly. Sucks for Andrew Luck. Sucks for Colts. Sucks for the Colts fans. But at least they have that incredible unit now. Uh, that's going to be it for today's podcast, guys. We're going to be back next week with um, talking about best defensive units in the NFL. Uh, not much in the NFL news. you got George Kittle signing with the uh, 49ers. you got Travis Kelsey signing, resigning with the Chiefs. Zach Ertz, I'm sure it's coming down the uh, pipeline very soon. I'm sure he's calling up. Uh, Eagles fans It's like, hey, I want my money now too. But... Uh, yeah, we weren't able to record a podcast uh, last week, or I wasn't able to record a podcast last week, as Wi-Fi was out in my house and out through our whole neighborhood. So we get that fixed, and it took a while. So I wasn't able to record, and not a lot of news going on in the NFL, so week was off. Next week we will be back, though, talking about best defensive units in the NFL. Uh, follow the podcast Twitter account at AirItOutPod on Twitter. Follow my personal account at LucasU2. Go read my articles over at Fansided, uh, spin, NFL Spin Zone. Go read them over at NFLAnalysisNetwork.com. Uh, that's all, guys. Thanks for listening. See you later.